I invite you to open your Bible with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9. <clears throat> you need a Bible open to Matthew 9, and if you find that in your Bible and we'll mark it or place a little digital bookmark there, that is where we are going to be throughout our time together in God's Word this evening. We've had a good day today. Thank you for being here this evening, and it has been good to focus our collective attention on such a, a powerful theme for this year. I am His, He is mine. If you weren't able to join us this morning, I would certainly encourage you to take a little bit of time this week, go back and watch with one of the booklets that Roger was pointing your attention to just a little while ago. Watch his sermon, watch his walkthrough through that, keep those booklets handy. Make them a part of your life, your path of discipleship this year. There has been a lot of work from many different people that has gone into getting us to this point and leading us, in a sense, to the top of this mountain and looking out over the course of the valley of 2022. There's obviously a lot in that valley that is uncertain, many things, turns and twists that we're not sure where they're going to lead, but we know who reigns over that valley. New opportunities, new challenges, but the same Jesus that has promised to walk through that valley with us. And in many ways, we have just been building over the course of the last few years. I, I don't know about you, but in many ways, I, I feel like in 2020, as our, our theme was, now I see, those first couple of months of the year helped us, hopefully, to hold on. I feel like the last three-fourths of 2020, in many ways, was hold on. Don't give up. Remain true to these firm foundations. Believe the promises of God. Believe in each other. As Roger alluded to this morning, for 2021, in many ways, this rise and build theme. Remember the foundations. Build on what is true and stable and steadfast, but he, he, he just briefly drew our attention this morning to the reality that, okay, there is a time to hold on and, and there is a time to clear some of the rubble and begin to rebuild, and, and then there's a time to remind ourselves individually and, and as families and as a church family that there is work to do. There are hurting people all around us who need good news. And in many ways, it, it seems to me that our theme for 2022 is going to be involve, uh, involving lifting our eyes and seeing the potential, the needs, the hurts, uh, the news that we have that can change any heart in 2020. 
22. And so as a kind of bridge from where we were this morning to where we hope to be throughout the year, I'd like to draw your attention to a goal. There will be lots of goals. Obviously this year, I'm sure, I hope that, that, that nearly all of you, if not all of you, have some, some goals for this year. I'd like to lean on Matthew 9 here in just a few moments to talk with you about a very real and important goal that all disciples of Jesus ought to have. But as a little bit of context, I appreciated Gerald's good prayer and, and his prayer that God would help us to put the past in, in the rear view and, and to look forward could I just take a peek with you one more time at the past? From a, an interesting point of view, at least it was to me this past week, as I saw an analysis of what was described as the relentless 2021 news cycle. And it was an analysis of Google Trends for 2021 news topics, and what it demonstrated was how excitedly, perhaps frantically, anxiously we look at news for just a, a very brief moment and then it almost disappears completely from our national discussion and, and perhaps consciousness in in many ways. And so what this graph did, I realize it's hard for you to see, but you can, you, you can get the sense of it. There at the very top and all the way over to the left, we've got January 2021. And as the graph moves down and moves to the right, all the way in the bottom right, we've got December of 2021. And what I want to do is just read to you some of these words or phrases on the left. I won't even read all of them. But as I do, there's no doubt in my mind that for most of you, there will be flashes from the past year of, of things that seemed like a, a really big deal in the moment. And my guess is you haven't thought about most of them in weeks. Or months. And so at the very top, very first thing that really spiked in the news cycle as far as Google Trends was the phrase stimulus check. Siege on Capitol. Donald Trump. Voting. Impeachment. Parlor. Inauguration. Joe Biden. Larry King, Paris Agreement, GameStop, Myanmar, Texas Snowstorm, Mars, Rush Limbaugh, Dr. Seuss, COVID-19 vaccine, Meghan Markle, the phrase stop Asian hate, shooting, Israeli elections, Suez Canal, by this point we're around April, Prince Philip, 
Derek Chauvin, India COVID-19 surge, inflation, Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Belarus, cicadas. Been a little while since you thought about cicadas, hasn't it? Border, earthquake, here we're in the heart of July. Afghanistan, mandate, U.S.-France debacle, Haitians, Pandora Papers, Alec Baldwin, Build Back Better Plan, and the last huge spike on Google News Trends at the very end of December was tornado. But you look at all of those waves over the last year. Wave after wave after wave of bad and, and distressing news. And some of those words, some of those phrases mean more to you perhaps than others. But I want you to try and put yourself in the shoes of someone riding those waves who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. It's just them. It's just their family, whatever family they have. It's just them and their job. There's no one of higher authority in the grand scheme of things than them. There are no promises bigger than whatever the U.S. government or their employer or their next door neighbor is able to make to them. It's just them and their brief time on this earth. And when they think about the future, far into the future, perhaps... It just stops at death. And they're not sure that there's anything beyond that. That there's not sure that, that, that there's anything to their loved ones who have passed on. Perhaps that was just the end. And, and if that's the end, we might as well just eat and drink and be merry. Because what else is there to it? But when you're living in this sort of a tumultuous year, what do you have to hold on to? Who do you have to lean upon? It's one thing to go through waves like this as a disciple. But you and I both know people, and we will see people this week, this month, this year, who don't have a relationship with the Jesus of Matthew chapter 9. And so could I just camp there for a few minutes with you this evening. Matthew chapter 9 is a hard chapter in Jesus' life. I want you to look, for instance, at verse 3, where Jesus is accused of blasphemy. Behold, some of the scribes, Matthew 9, 3 tells us, said to themselves, this man is blaspheming the worst of the worst sins in the, the Jewish consciousness, the sword of sin that is worth being struck dead right there. And then in verse 11, he's accused of associating with the wrong people. When the Pharisees, verse 11 saw this, they said to his disciples, 
Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And then in verse 14, he's accused of not being righteous enough. The disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? In verse 24, he goes to the house where there is a little girl who has passed away. He tells the people in that house, go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping, and they laughed at him. And in verse 34, he's accused of being in league with Satan himself. The Pharisees said, he casts out demons by the prince of demons. That's a difficult chapter in Jesus' life. And yet, despite it all, when you read Matthew chapter 9, if you're in the habit of writing in your Bible, I'd encourage you to write a little note right beside that big 9 emphasizing what Jesus saw. It would be really easy to see all of the waves. Just like it's easy for you and me to focus on all of those tumultuous, turbulent waves over the course of the past year. This is a difficult season in Jesus' life. But I want you to notice what Jesus saw. You begin reading with me in Matthew chapter 9, verse 1. Getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying in a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. It's in the very next verse that he's accused of blasphemy. And so Jesus is brought to a crossroads, is he not? Am I going to focus on, for instance, the faith of helpers? Or am I going to focus on this baseless, ridiculous charge of blasphemy? We know what Jesus really chose to see. Or down in verse 9, what did Jesus see? As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. Notice, it's not that, okay, Jesus is aware of who everyone is, what everyone does, and he happens to cross paths with Matthew in the marketplace, buying some groceries for the week. No, Matthew is at work. <laughs> Matthew is a tax collector. Matthew is at the tax booth. I don't know about you, but it's not hard for me to imagine if I lived at this point in time and I was walking through this crowd, this city, I'm not going to lock eyes with that man. I know where the tax booth is. 
if I can't take a side detour around it, if I've got to walk by it, I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to have my eyes on the horizon. I'm not going to look over there at that man. But you see, Jesus saw a man who was a despised outsider. And he said, follow me. Matthew rose and followed him. Verse 10, as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. It's, it's this setting where some of these Pharisees say, well, he's just associating with the wrong people. And so Jesus has a choice. A am I going to focus on... These fools who are intent on saying, well, you're just wrong at every step of the way. You're guilty of blasphemy. You're guilty of associating with the wrong people. Or will he focus on those in real need? We know what Jesus chose to see, verse 12, when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. You skip down to verse 18. While he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come, lay your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus rose, he followed him with his disciples, and behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her. How many years had this woman walked among crowds not seeing? How many years had this woman in desperate need gone unnoticed, unhelped, without hope, an outcast in her own way? Jesus turns and he sees her. And he says, take heart, daughter, your, your faith has made you well. You look down in verse 35. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction when he saw the crowd. He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw 
all over Matthew chapter 9. And that, that leads us, those last couple of verses, to what did he feel as he saw? And, and we just heard it in Matthew's own words, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. He feels compassion. I don't know about you, but could I be honest personally for a moment? Even as a disciple of Jesus, with the hold on, <laughs> don't let go of 2020 and look at all of this rubble, it's time to rise and build in 2021. It's been really easy for me, I'm just speaking personally, to be low on compassion. Because, I mean, when you cross paths with people for a really long time, and in many contexts, even today, you, you saw me last Sunday evening, you saw half of my face. We, we go to the grocery store, we, we go to work, we interact with people, and, and we naturally keep a little bit more distance than we once did. Not as much shaking of hands, not as many hugs. Easier, very naturally, to look at people as other different, perhaps dangerous. And you, you walk through a world like that long enough and, and it's, it's stirring to hear calls of, hold on, don't, don't let go, don't give up. And, and it can be stirring to hear, okay, there, there is all sorts of rubble, all sorts of things that have had to be torn down, all sorts of things that have burned to the ground, and now it's, it's time to rise and build. Personally, and I have a very strong feeling I'm not the only one in the room, what I need to be reminded of on this first Lord's Day of 2022 is not just projects, not just goals or charts or numbers or statistics, but what I need to be reminded of is Jesus saw he saw people. And when he did, he felt compassion. Why? Because they were harassed and helpless. And I want you to think back to that 2021 relentless news cycle. I mean, those words are 2,000 years old. What better words could we attach to the relentless 2021 news cycle without Jesus than men and women, young and old, harassed 
and helpless. So what did Jesus do? Verse 35, we heard it. He went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news, the the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Now, if that's where it stopped... Maybe we take from that, okay, uh, we, we've got the gospel, we, we know what to teach, it's been preserved for us in God's word, but we, we can't heal every disease and every affliction like Jesus. And it's almost as if Matthew is quick to say, don't despair, he, he didn't ask any of us to heal every disease and every affliction. Here's what he told us to do. The harvest is plentiful. Lift your eyes and see. Learn to see like I am seeing. The laborers are few. But it's not time to give up. It's not time to pack up and walk away. It's not time to shrug our shoulders and say, what in the world could we, the few, do in a world of so much hurt? No, Jesus says, therefore, Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, workers, servants who are willing and ready to get their hands dirty in the service of the Lord of the harvest. Pray for that. Pray earnestly for that. So here's the goal that I'd like to recommend with all of my heart to you. A simple goal to carry with you out of this room and carry with you this week. Let's let's practice it this week. Let's not forget it. Let's do whatever we've got to do to keep it at the forefront of, uh, of our minds So that hopefully by this time next week, we're a little better at it. And then a little better. It's a simple goal. Here it is. To see people like Jesus saw people. And most certainly... Get out your Bible tomorrow morning and or tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. Read from Exodus. Read Ephesians chapter 6. But the goal is bigger than that. Use God's Word to remind yourself to see people. Because those Pharisees who had a very serious seeing problem, if you and I were able to play Old Testament trivia with them, 
we wouldn't stand a chance. They knew their Old Testament scriptures better than you and I know our Old Testament scriptures. That their problem was not a knowledge problem. It was a sight problem. A heart problem. And there are lots of ways that we hope to to remind ourselves this year to lift up our eyes as those who belong to Him and to see as He sees so that those who don't know Him can come to the point in their life where where they're able to say, I am his and he is mine. There was a significant portion of Matthew the tax collector's life where he could never conceive of being able to say, I am the Messiah's and he is mine. But Jesus saw him and invited him. And was willing to forgive him and transform him. And listen to me. We believe, don't we, that Jesus can do that in anybody's life in 2022. We need to work on seeing people like Jesus saw people. Here's one very practical way to help you along those lines. If you're following along on that little note card, you can turn it over to the back. We are so very excited after a very long break to relaunch these small groups that were humming along really well in early March of 2020. And we've gotten through the Hold on, don't give up phase, and we've, we've worked through the rise and build theme, and now it's, it's time to work. Not on programs, not on charts, not on statistics, it's, it's time to work eye to eye. We can learn a whole lot in pews. We can learn a whole lot in in classrooms. But we connect at a lot deeper level in circles and in living rooms. And so whomever you are, we really, really encourage you to plug in to one of these groups. I'd like just to walk very briefly with you through this lineup that you see on the back of uh, of that card. Our encouragement group, most similar to our our traditional work groups, will focus on encouraging and helping members who are in need. As well as following up with guests to our assemblies. That's a... Let's remind ourselves how to see people, sort of opportunity. 
people who come into this big room for the very first time and they, they don't know anything. They just know that they're in need. Maybe what brought them here is that keen sense of being harassed and helpless and they're looking for hope. And one way or another, for some reason, they believe there's hope in this room. What we don't want is for them to come in here and sit while we all learn together and no one talk to them, no one interact with them, and then them leave without people looking them in the eye and seeing them. Seeing them as worthy of following up with. We have needs all around, every direction of our church family. And it's really easy for us to, to, to come in rooms like this and to remind ourselves, hold on, don't give up, rise and build. All the while, there, there are people who haven't been in this room for a really long time. Or only very sparingly. Who could use a whole lot of encouragement in 2022. If you have a heart for that, this group is being led by Larry Beckham and Ron Pig. You will hear more about the opportunity to sign up for that group in just a moment. Our teens group, for a number of years, has hosted a, a monthly devotional. We love our families who sign up to host that. But we want to push our teenagers, not just to be learners, but in 2022 to organize and, and take advantage of opportunities to connect and to serve in the life of our church family. Our connections group is being built for 20-somethings of all ages in your 20s. The opportunity to study and to connect with one another. Roger and I are working on leading that group together. Our young couples group, designed to encourage those who are newly married and, and soon to be married with an emphasis on developing stronger marriages. Darren Stockton and I are going to be working on leading that group. Our young families group, designed to encourage and connect young parents with an emphasis on raising godly families. Jimmy Polk and Brent Dinsford are going to be leading that group. A God's Mighty Men group, a Bible study for young men 40 and under that Brent is going to be leading throughout the year. I've got to tell you, it, uh, it bruised me a little when I heard that I was too old to, uh, to attend that group. But I appreciate very much him being willing to lead our young men 40 and under in a very targeted, very practical study. Our senior saints group, and I want you to listen to this carefully. This is not a group for our seniors. This focuses on visiting those who are shut in, helping, showing hospitality to the senior members of our church family. And we have many, many, many. I, I still remember a couple of years ago when we were first launching these groups, hearing Darren Stockton describe these as living treasures in our church family. 
That has always stuck with me. If you're a senior and you would like to be a part of that group, absolutely, we would love for you. But you don't have to be a senior citizen in order to be a part of that group. If you have a heart for helping those who are older in our church family, that group is being led by Gary Carroll and Mark McCafferty. Our new members group, it can be absolutely overwhelming to be a new member in this big church family. And so this group will focus on welcoming, getting to know, connecting the new faces among us into the life of our church family. That's going to be led by Danny Adams and Rick Page. Finally, a deeper Bible study group designed for in-depth Bible study. There's going to be one in the morning, one in the evening. I believe Roger is leaning towards Tuesday mornings and evenings. He's going to lead that. It's designed to go a little deeper, to lower the nets, as he is fond of saying, to an even deeper level than we're typically able to do on Sundays and Wednesdays. If you'd like to be a part of that, most certainly we would love for you to do that. I want you to listen to me very carefully. After... We're done here this evening after our our closing prayer. I'm briefly going to get up prior to Larry giving us our closing announcements. And with the help of our tech team up there, I'm going to give you a simple link on your phone showing you exactly how to sign up for any of these groups. If you're a member of our church family and you're watching via live stream, you will get that notification with the opportunity to sign up for those groups. If you have further questions about any of those prior to signing up, please don't hesitate to talk to me, to Roger, to one of our shepherds. It's going to be completely up to these group leaders as to when and where, how often these groups meet. But we're excited to get back to personal, smaller, more intimate interaction. We're thankful for big rooms like this. But we need time outside of this big room. We need many of us to remind ourselves how important it is to see People like Jesus saw people. Before we're done, would you open your Bible with me to Ephesians chapter 6? I appreciated Roger using this tomorrow's scheduled Bible reading to get our minds focused. And I, I just want to remind you what we heard from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 because the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to see why is this world in the state that it is why are the struggles of this world the way that they are why is there so much brokenness out there and in here well listen to how he helps us see in verse 12 We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, the cosmic powers 
over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. But we are not the sort of people who see that sort of thing and and we sure are glad that here we are under the big basket of this building and, and out there, boy, it's a mess. But in here, things are a whole lot better. No, we we remind ourselves to put on the armor of God and then we go out with eyes to see. Wearing the helmet of salvation. Carrying the shield of faith. Ready to share the gospel of peace. Because we want you And we want everyone you know, and we want that person that no one in this room knows right now. But that man or woman who desperately needs Jesus, we want them to hear in 2022 that this can be true of them. I am his, and he is mine. Would you bow with me? in a word of prayer before we sing our invitation song. Our Father in heaven, you have been so good and so faithful to us in the midst of very turbulent times. We thank you that you have been faithful and taught us how to be faithful. Father, we need your help even this evening, along those lines. And so we pray that you would continue to work on our hearts. Thank you for the example of Jesus that we have in Matthew chapter 9. Father, help us to see as he saw. Help us to see the despised outcast. And the woman who is struggling to hope one more day. Help us to see all around us those who are harassed and helpless because they do not have a shepherd. You are our good shepherd. And Father, you have brought us to this point We pray that you would continue to guide us even through the darkest of valleys. But help us to listen to Jesus' reminder in Matthew 9. We have life-changing, eternity-altering good news. Help us to lift our eyes this evening and see that the fields in every direction or white for harvest. Help us as individuals and in small groups, as families, as a church family. Help our lights to shine bright. We pray that you would continue to be with those who are hurting and harassed, those who feel helpless even in our own church family. May we see them and be of help and encouragement to them this week and throughout this year. 
You have comforted us in so many ways. Help us to be comforters to the people around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.